0: I like grant Laura and I bet I could watch you strike out day. But when you're done, doing whatever when you're through playing forever, you
1: know that the night fans will be right here waiting for you. Hi everyone. Welcome to Rusting Pitch Face episode thirty seven. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. And you can always catch us at our website, WrestlingPitchFace.com. That has links to a couple different things. It's got our Zazzle store. It's got our mostly defunct Tumblr. Um, it also has links to our Twitter, which is the best way to get in touch with us if you ever want to just like chat or have a comment to, or concern that you want to let us know. You can also um, always email us at pitchface at gmail.com. Now that that's out of the way, we've got a lot to discuss uh for today a little bit outside the world of nationals and then a lot in the world of the nationals because it's been a bit of a ride but we just wanted to bring up something because it's always i don't want to say it's near and dear to our hearts because that's a really gross and weird way to say that but it's an it's a familiar topic and it's an important issue to us because we're seeing like constant domestic violence and assault coverage in baseball right now and we keep talking about it and the national media keeps talking about it and the national media and i'm not saying that we're doing like the best job in the world talking about this but i know that we're doing it better (laughs) than the national media because the national media is like running headfirst into a wall every time
0: the bar is pretty freaking low yeah
2: as we used to say at school if you set the bar low enough people trip over it and, and so the issue is, has come up with two particular stories that are, have been in the recent news. One, Roberto Osuna, um, MLB, handed down a suspension of 75 games retroactive to when he initially uh, was suspended. Uh, people pointed out pretty quickly that Cano was suspended 80 games for using a diuretic. Um, so just <laughs> FYI. Um, and then the other is Luke Heimlich, the Royals, are making noises that they might you know, sign him as a as an undrafted free agent or whatever, and so both of these have brought out the worst in baseball media coverage, and from people who not only are doing a bad job covering it, but a bad job in listening to other people when they say, "Hey, look, if you are going to cover it, could you please ask specific questions? Um, not pretend to neutrality if you are going to only quote a defense attorney." You know, thing, things of that nature that are actually basic journalism, mm-hmm. but when it comes to covering, you know, domestic violence and uh, sexual assault suddenly become very difficult for for the national media and i say that with with sarcasm because it's not i can't do this because they do do these things it's that i don't want to and stop telling me to do that because you're being nasty in a literal direct Mm -hmm. quote from one of them so um just to pick on these specific instances rebutter ozuna was suspended for 75 games retroactive to his initial suspension Two people, John Heyman and Buster Only, decided to cover this. John Heyman's article, which he put, is, quite frankly, disgusting. It basically dismisses, discounts, whatever, does not give time and space to discussing a survivor, you know, the survivor of domestic violence. Um, Basically says there's a suggestion of injury. And I literally put that in air quotes because that's in parentheticals in the article. And then goes on to talk about basically, yeah, So what does this mean for Roberto Osuna's trade prospects? As if that's the most important thing to cover.
1: I get that that's something that is important to to cover, but not. I like. I feel like that's an important thing to cover in a completely different way. In terms of how well is this DV policy working? Is it actually affecting the things that we want it to affect? Not just how the Blue Jays going to do. Like, you can talk about that stuff if you want to talk about the baseball aspect of these types of things, which it kind of... Like, this is the impression I get from this this stuff, is that I just want to talk about baseball the way I want to talk about baseball. Why are you making me talk about something I don't like? Like, that's the impression that I get. Like, there are ways you can talk about the baseball of it while still treating this as the problem that it is.
0: Right. And you also... You don't have to then actively insult... Like, probably every female journalist on baseball Twitter that I like, like, like it was kind of amazing. There were a number of people who jumped in to talk to him in particular in kind of amazingly civil ways, to be honest. And I mean, frankly, given how sick of this, we all are, I'm running out of patience. So I give the writers who tried to talk to him with patience, a whole lot of credit. Um, Brittany De La Cretel, we already mentioned, Did we already mention was one of them? Um, And and I just want to give her a lot of kudos here um, for for dealing with a lot of crap right now um, and a number of other people as well. And of course, rather than taking polite, constructive criticism, that's frankly more than he deserves at this juncture. What's his face just started insulting and blocking and insulting and blocking.
2: He called her nasty and blocked her. And then when people responded of, maybe that's not the appropriate response. Um, And basically what she did was like, hey, guys, if you're going to talk about this, here's an article I wrote for the Columbia Journalism Review, which we can certainly link to, that discusses ways in which you can do better. And it was, nope, you're being nasty, so blocked. Oh, people coming in to say, don't do that? You're also nasty and you're blocked. And it's just like, uh, uh, mm, you know, and, and the sort of nasty thing is just like, That's obviously, I mean, it's just, it's sexist. Yeah, it's not even coded. It's, like, just
1: straight up, like, I don't want to listen to you because you're a woman and your voice is invalid. Like, that's it.
0: And it's infuriating because, so obviously at this point, if you've been part of the national baseball media for this long, you should already know how to write about this constructively. But if you don't, people are literally offering you resources to learn to
1: do better. But that assumes that they're operating in good faith, which none of them are. Yeah. They are They are operating from protect my own position. Anybody who's coming at me is trying to get me, not trying to help me. Like they don't care what anybody's saying to them.
2: Yeah. And it's the, how dare you talk to me kind of thing. Buster only for ESPN. Basically again, wrote about Roberto's his trade prospects um, and things like that. And everyone's like, Hey, you should be asking these kinds of questions. And his response was, those kinds of questions have been asked, not, I have asked those questions, which one, the passive voice is very telling. <laughs> and two, he pulled a don't you know who I am to people who were sports journalists. In the words of Drew Storin, if you have to ask, don't you know who I am, the answer is always no. <laughs> God.
0: Yeah, well, and, and, and in the context of everything that women sports journalists already get in that vein, which again... Men like him have heard this before because they've done this before. And like you said, Kay, they're not operating in good faith. They're not listening and they're not learning that hearing this kind of crap, which male journalists don't hear, you know, if if you have said that to a guy, like, shh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you 50 bucks. Like, I just don't think that's ever happened.
1: Yeah, they're not used to it because they're used to being protected by their reputations among other things.
2: And so, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Of anytime it's this is very not not mild cri- criticism, but I would say civil criticism. The the response is defensiveness, insult, blocking, muting, and and they did a study that basically said male journalists on Twitter generally only respond to and engage with male journalists hmm. at a very high mm-hmm. rate. And so when they do engage with with female, well, with non male journalists, it does tend to be you know dismissive condescending um i mean basically buster only busted out with when have i dismissed women a- in a tweet everyone's like this tweet that was dismissive right hey, now
1: <laughs> right now you're doing it
2: yeah and in the, in the words of somebody on nat's twitter um who showed up in the thread this goddamn tweet you dick <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like you know what deserved because it's just It's a, I'm going to put my fingers in my ears, I'm going to go la 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 la, and then I'm going to shout about how much I listen to women.
1: And this is a problem for everything, but it's like so many more times more of a problem when we're talking about these specific issues. It's a dick thing to do and an asshole thing to do when you're just talking about like, do women, women journalists actually understand statistics? But when you're talking about stuff like domestic violence and sexual assault, come on, at least try to do a little bit better. Like, understand that you don't understand this stuff and that you should listen to other people.
0: John Heyman, I I knew there was something else he did recently that made me want to strangle him.
1: Jose Reyes?
0: Yeah. So I just found the tweet about how this was back on the 10th. Um, Jose Reyes had made a couple of errors, like two on the same play. And John Heyman tweeted that he hopes they didn't cut him after that happened because he doesn't deserve to go out like that.
2: And and the fact that the the Mets are hanging on to Jose Reyes like he is the most valuable player they have ever had is it, well one it's the Mets but two just doubly ridiculous I do have to say cutting Jose Reyes at this point they're gonna do they sh- if they're gonna do it it should be baseball reason related and they have baseball reason related but untangling the fact that he's bad at baseball with the fact that he's a you know domestic abuser to me is is also important.
0: And people are not exactly handling that well.
2: Yeah. And so every time he fucks up on the field, screws up on the field, you know, people are like, oh, did you know he's a domestic abuser? I'm like, yes, I did. But I also know that a bunch of players who are good at baseball are also that. And so maybe we shouldn't only say it for Reyes because he's also not good at the game of baseball
1: the The fact that he's not good at the game of baseball is a completely separate issue from him being a domestic abuser. I would actually agree that he doesn't deserve to go out for making two errors on the same play. He should have gone out for being a domestic abuser, and his baseball prowess should have nothing to fucking do with it. Yeah. Period. Like, but we're we're past that now, obviously.
2: But so you know, we're willing to forgive and forget if if there's talent there. You know, e- even in the the John Hammond article about. Uh, Ozuna he's he, he found it important to point out that Ozuna is talented
0: yeah and I mean frankly I so you guys know I was at the Yankees series and I actually had completely forgotten and shame on me that Chapman was still a Yankee when I bought those tickets and the first of those two games that the Nats were in New York obviously we lost the first game we won the second so Chapman was was the pitcher for the save at the end of the first game and oh my god, the way they introduce him, the way the whole ballpark goes crazy—I thought I was gonna hurl. So just talking about, just talking about guys who are actually good at the game. Still, I mean, he was like—I've—I've n- I've honestly never seen a closer introduced with that much pomp and circumstance, like in the current game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just care about. Up- like we can talk about, you know, Mariano or whatever, but like, you know, none of the the drawing or the doing or the anything that I've seen elsewhere measures up to, like, the hero's welcome that, like, small children around me were giving this guy. And I just, I, I don't, I, I wanted to, like, puke onto the field just to make a point. So, yeah, just, you know, not that any of that is new to most people, but but experiencing it in person was kind of overwhelming. And just as a contrast to what's going on, you know, on the other side of, of New York, um, where all of a sudden because Reyes is bad, everybody and their sibling is pointing it out on Twitter. And you know, there are there are plenty of people in the in the circles of of baseball fandom that we hang out in who point out the same about Chapman, but it's it's night and day.
2: Yeah, and I think I mean again, this is this is sort of informing the conversation about Ozuna and then Luke Heimlich, who we've talked about on here, who I wanna be clear. Pled guilty and admitting to be admitted to be a child molester, and is now denying it so that he can prove that he is "quotes rehabilitated" and unlikely to offend oh, again.
1: He, he's denying the, it now. Oh
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I know he pled. You know, he he said he was guilty. He of course served not a day of jail time. Everyone's like he's paid his debt to society. I'm like he has paid his white boy debt to society, which oh, was yeah. no debt at all. Like he he didn't pay anything. Yeah. Um, he had to go through therapy okay, he probably should go through therapy. Like, we should talk about the fact that, you know, if if he is a child molester, what does rehabilitation look like? But people are acting like him not playing baseball is denying him participation in society. I don't play baseball. I'm a functional member of society. Move on, next point. Yeah, and so I'm just like, he has other options in his life than playing professional baseball. He should pursue those because he got the the lightest of of wrist laps for this the royals who uh we noted earlier had an anti-porn seminar that they made all of their players attend are now sniffing around him
0: yeah i mean that it's it's hypocrisy of the highest order
2: and even like the can i have a link to i think the kansas city um dar maybe who covered it And, yeah, and they were like, well, we know that the Royals organization just has really good character. And I was like, do we? Not not if they're interested in a child molester, they don't. And I'm like, one, the anti-porn thing was actually hot nonsense. And two, do we? (laughs) Yeah, like, if you accept that the porn thing wasn't hot nonsense, then
1: the child molester thing should be right in line with the anti-porn thing. Like, maybe we don't want that because we don't approve of these things.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, this is not a hard decision. Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, he's so talented. But I'm like, it is not a hard decision. The answer is no. And the answer is no for capitalist reasons. Are you going to sell a jersey with his name on the back of it?
1: Yes, they will. Yes, they will. That's the... Are you going to have fan events?
2: Are you going to have fan events with little kids next to him and have photo ops? Are you going to let him do... Yeah, yeah, people will I do mean, that. People will sweep it under the rug. I know
1: I know you're assuming that they're going to be, like, smart and good people. But, like, clearly no. That people will buy that jersey. People will pretend it didn't happen. People will not know it happened. Like, will be kept ignorant about it. Sometimes willfully so.
2: Yeah. And can I also say, because the little girl who Luke Heim, admitted to molesting was a girl. If he had molested a boy...
1: Mm-hmm. It would be a totally different conversation. Mm-hmm. It would
2: be a totally different conversation, and that goes to the 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 live boy or dead girl um, cliche about how mm-hmm. do you ruin a Republican uh, politician's you know career. But I'm just like, if this were if he had molested a boy, he would not the the, the Luke Heimlich. I'm going to be on the cover of Spirits Illustrated. Redemption tour would not be freaking happening. And it's because of baseballs discussing homophobia, not that molesting a child has anything to do with an adult orientation i want to be clear about that yes but it's because of the perception of that homophobia we would not be having this conversation but because it is a little girl her testimony and the testimony of her mother is being dismissed
0: yeah well so and he was pitching in the the men's college world series um which i caught a little bit of and not knowing that it was him that was pitching for several innings because it was just on at the gym Not surprisingly, the commentators of the Men's College World Series were doing a piss poor job of talking about it. And that was actually when I realized that it was him. I don't know if his name was on his jersey or if I just wasn't paying much attention because, you know, background baseball. But at some point, they started vaguely talking about some... You know, him not getting drafted and and problems and what a shame. And I was like, now, no. So I don't actually have the rest of what they said because I was too disgusted. But I mean, and that's the thing. He's, He's pitching in the highest level of college baseball. And the way that they're treating that is just like, you know, a little preview of how he would be discussed if he were actually in the majors
1: it's an embarrassing little secret that we've all moved past now that we're adults ah yes
2: well and it's it's conduct off the field it's you know an off the field incident you know there's just there's so much cloaking it with language of you know we're white guys stay young men until they turn i think 65 70 80 um, In terms of, oh, he's just, you know, he was too young to know. And I'm like, no, y'all. No. No.
1: He was what, like 15? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was a teenager. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but but he's...
1: If girls... And he's denying girls it. girls
0: need to know that rape is wrong at 15, then freaking so boys.
2: Yeah. Um, And so this is a case of, again, a, a white guy's per- perceived childhood lasts until they're dead. Anything. And their and their willingness to accommodate what we we consider this you know speed bumps of growing up or whatever and it's like no conduct off the field should be
1: they like to go to a club and drink
2: that should be conduct
1: off the field not this is not in the same category or or what's his face gets high
2: <laughs> what's his face to yeah, be like, sent home from spring training got high field.
1: lumping these two things under the same umbrella of we don't need to talk about this it's just it, I mean how many times can you say disgusting.
0: Yeah, I mean and and I'll 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 put my my hat on for a second here and say that the the fact that MLB cares about one of those things more than the other is because our criminal justice system cares about one of those things more than the other. I mean, it's reflective of the greater value that society puts on you know, the way that drug offenses are demonized both within and outside of baseball whereas you know, actual physical in some cases extremely violent Sexual or domestic abuse crimes, are like, eh, whatever. He wasn't stoned, so it's
1: fine. I don't even like. I don't even know where to where to go from this. It's just kind of like.
0: I don't know that we have anything else to say. About
1: I hope to God the the royals don't
2: sign him, and we can just move past. I, this. How about this? Hey, hey, baseball media, do better. We won't pay for your coverage. We won't look at your coverage. We will respond with criticism. And quite frankly, if it's a vote with your money kind of thing, you can vote with your money. You know, there's there's a point where it has to be sort of just framed in that way, not because that's the best way to frame it, because the the morality of it is the better way to frame it. But unfortunately, the the purchasing power of it, which is approximately a third of people who watch baseball on a re- or call themselves baseball fans on a regular basis are women. And I would like to hope that some of those two thirds of men are not disgusting shitheads. If you're being told these things, it does become a we're going to stop listening to you. We're going to create our own spaces that do discuss these things in the way that we would like them to be discussed and in a way that says, if we do mess up, you have a, a means of recourse. And that's unfortunately at the end of it, the only way to, to kind of cope with this. Because if you're not showing. In your coverage that you are able to and willing to change, then the people, then then we, there's no, you don't have a lock on coverage. We can just go give our clicks to somebody else. We can go (laughs) elsewhere. So, all right, you wanna you wanna do stuff? We will stop listening to you. And that's, you know, it's sad that that's the only message that gets through. But other other than that, like, they're doing it to make money. They're doing it to get clicks there has to come a point where it's like, okay, no, do better, move on. Um, Which was, yeah, like, g- give time and attention to somebody else um, and not normalize this kind of behavior in the in broader Twitter sphere. I did want to transition, and I'm going to be sort of explicit in the transition yeah. to talking about something else in Kansas City. So I was in Kansas City, I guess, a couple of weeks, ago two weeks yeah what day is it a weekish ago
0: and nobody sang you oklahoma the whole time
2: no they didn't thank (laughs) god
0: i started texting lyrics about everything being up to date in kansas city and nobody knew what i was talking about and i would like our listeners to be appalled
1: with me laura not everybody likes musicals the way you like musicals
2: i'm also gonna say not everything's up to date in kansas city because i had dinner for ten (laughs) dollars At a, at a hotel. I had hotel dinner with a beer for
1: $10. Wow.
2: Yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> hey. But
1: anyway, back to the point of this. While you were in Kansas City. So while I was
2: in Kansas City, I paid a visit to the uh, Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, which is an amazing museum. I would recommend if anyone has any reason to ever be in Kansas City, it is well worth a visit. I think I spent about two and a half hours there. I could have easily spent about double that. Um, with the amount of information that they have and just sort of the the density of that information um, and the the different aspects of i will say both black people including african americans and afro-latinos involvement in baseball and the negro leagues themselves are both really really interesting i mean it really gets into issues of gender class um xenophobia like it's just it's fascinating um sort of the the overlap between uh the folks who uh covered uh communism in the 30s in brooklyn and who advocated very strongly for uh integration of major league baseball and just sort of the relationship between those two things which i was like i didn't know that this this is really interesting the I would say highlight for me was I'm sort of tooling around the museum, taking a bunch of pictures, reading a bunch of stuff. uh, And in comes Bob Kendrick, who is the museum president, leading a tour. Uh, And he, if you don't follow him, him on Twitter, you need to follow him on Twitter. He is a fascinating guy who just is one of those people that can tell a good story and he has so many good stories to tell. At one point, we were standing around a statue that they have of, of Satchel Paige. And it was literally just 25 minutes of Satchel Paige stories.
0: And there are a lot of good Satchel Paige stories. And most of them I've heard from his Twitter.
2: Yeah. And there are, it was just fascinating. It was like, oh, well, that's the most interesting story I've ever heard about Satchel Paige. Well, that's the next one is the most interesting story I've ever heard about him. You know, And it was just sort of that. Um, unfortunately, both... The museum offices uh, and the Buck O'Neill Education and Research Center flooded over the weekend. One, the museum offices appears to be an accident. It was a burst water fountain pipe that didn't cause a lot of damage. Uh, but, you know, they just have to clean the carpets. The other one appears to be the work of vandals, which... I, you know, they're not, I think, speculating as to to motivation. I don't know what, the, you know, sort of what the investigation is. But I will say the museum is a 501c3. If people have a few extra bucks they can kick their way uh, to help with the cleanup efforts, I'm sure that that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah,
1: we'll make sure we drop a link to it.
2: Um, And then the other thing is he did mention that he was going to be, uh, Bob mentioned he was going to be in D.C. for the All-Star Game because they're going to be doing a uh, tribute to Mamie Peanut Johnson, who was a D.C., native who played for the indianapolis clowns which was a negro leagues team in the 50s um and was drafted by the nationals
1: what year was that when when 2014 no that doesn't sound right
2: but anyway obviously much much later you know sort of the after the after the fact drafting that they did for a lot of people who were the who played in the negro leagues um and she passed away this December so very recently Um, so he's going to be participating in that tribute uh, and I think that that's going to be hopefully well done and, and hopefully something that opens people's eyes up to to some of the history they might not know
0: yeah I mean I'm sure if they if they give him the platform that he deserves I'm sure it'll be well done the only way I can see that not being well done is if he isn't allowed to run it
2: Yeah. Um, And they did have an entire exhibit about both or or about Connie Morgan, uh, Peanut Johnson, and Tony Stone, as well as Effa Manley, who is uh, the only woman inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame because she was an owner. Um, And, you know, there was also stuff about particularly Tony Stone throughout the exhibits beyond where she was in sort of the Women in Baseball exhibit as well. That's Um, great. Yeah, so they, they have her on the same wall as a panel about a, a young Hank Aaron whose roster spot she took on the Clowns. And I will say, last episode, I think I, we were talking about the Clowns. To clarify, because I, I have now heard it straight from from Bob, the Clowns were a clown baseball team, in quotes because they had mascots and that because they were a serious, if sort of in the fifties minor league equivalent team, they were in the Negro leagues, unlike a lot of the other clown teams that were more Harlem Globetrotter esque, And he was like, literally the, what he said was, I dare you to go up to any of the, the still living clowns players and tell them they were not real baseball players. Mm -hmm. He's like, "That, that will not go well. And I was like, I, yeah i was i was not gonna do that um but yeah so that was sort of he's like there's a lot of misconceptions about their role and what they played and he's like like they had mascots that was the beginning and end of it and they were the first one of the first teams to do so so they're who we have to blame i'm just kidding <laughs> 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 but there's a lot of hey
0: i love I, the president's race yeah the president's race was one of the first things that pulled me into naps i love mascots so. too i was just
2: <laughs> But, yeah, and there's just a lot of misconceptions about, you know, sort of the quality of Tony Stone's play in particular, and, oh, they didn't play for a real team, blah, blah, blah. And then the answer was, nope. I was like, why would you have Hank Aaron if you're not a real team? Why would Hank Aaron sign? And then, you know, go to the majors if you are not a real team. Come on, y'all. Um... And so, yeah, that was that was gratifying for me to hear, and again, directly from directly from Bob, where I was like, yeah, I feel like I can trust you better than than so some rando on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Well, the great thing is he he is some rando on Twitter. You can actually he's very very accessible, um, which I think is very generous of him, considering he's he's really a great Twitter follow, as we mentioned, and um, you know retweets and responds to a lot of different content. Um, and it's just really great if you have questions, um, so we highly recommend checking out his account if you haven't.
2: I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but we'll make sure there's a link. Uh, I believe it is an n l b m prez with a z at uh, on Twitter. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, but he he is an excellent excellent Twitter follow, and I'm sure if anyone has any any. Spare cash right now, they could use a few extra dollars to help clean up the, the Buck O'Neill Center, um, which is really, obviously, particularly upsetting.
0: So to move on a little bit from the Negro Leagues Museum, but into what seems pretty clearly just the latest incident of of MLB racism, we did want to touch just briefly on the Wilson Contreras ejection the other day.
2: Well, he wasn't ejected. The bench coach was ejected.
0: Right, but over an incident that, that happened between him and the home plate umpire, which seems to have occurred because Contreras asked for a timeout, got it, and then didn't say thank you to the ump?
2: And, and then the ump said something that Wilson Contreras literally said was unrepeatable.
0: Gee, I wonder
1: what it could have been.
0: Yeah. Um. So, so just to read Contreras' quote, um, and the umpire in question was Greg Gibson. So Contreras said, he said something to me that I didn't think he needed to say, I'm here because I've earned my spot here and I just didn't appreciate what he said. So the fact that he didn't repeat it because he, he, he was trying to be professional, which is what he said, and I give him credit for that, but he did make that comment about he's earned his spot here. You can read into what the ump might have said, I think. You know, the idea that he was not properly grateful to this ump for giving him time out and and that was the whole reason for
1: the incident. Yeah. <clears throat> how many I, I I don't know how you read that as not racist. How many first of all, how many players ever thank the umpire for giving them something that they are allowed to take? Second of all, had this been a white player, would that have even come up for a second? Of
2: course not. Nope. And, and um, what I'll say is, Contreras, as a as a catcher, is doubly kind of even in doing this stuff, sticking his neck out a little bit because you know he is essentially beholden to a home plate umpire for establishing and calling a strike zone, and has no means of recourse if they all decide that every pitch that he calls is suddenly a ball, um, or that the strike zone gets incredibly wide when the c- when the Cubs are at the plate. And so this is a case of he has a lot to to personally and for his team lose, even in just saying the umpire said something to me that was unrepeatable um when I didn't properly thank him for, again, as Kate said, the thing I am supposed to be able to do. And so, like this is a case where he has no means of appeal, no means of recourse. and yet, right, basically, umpires can do whatever they want and say whatever they want. And there's not even like audio footage in a lot of cases. Well,
1: I mean, we, we didn't talk about this last time, or maybe it hadn't happened yet. The whole, the leaking of the video from several years ago between Terry Collins and whichever umpire that was arguing about ejections. Right. And like, that was actually a good video, but it got shut down immediately by MLB because they're like, we promised the umpire's union, That even in a case of a video that showed the umpire coming off really well in that particular case, in my opinion, like we promised them that we wouldn't let any of this audio ever be released because it might like that's a union thing we promised them because it could damage them. And so even if there is audio of this, no one will ever see it because the umpires have manufactured the situation so that no one will ever see it or we'll see it for three seconds and then it gets shut down on whatever platform it's been broadcast on, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I mean and and just frankly given the way just to contrast that with some of the way that players are scrutinized and you know, interviewed half dressed and sometimes mic'd up on the field for laughs and it's like, yeah, okay, there's there's all these new ways that players are accessible to us now and many of those players are not particularly comfortable with that and have made that very clear. Mm-hmm. And yet here when there's actually a specific issue where umps are doing things that are completely out of line in many cases racist and the league is going out of their way to cover up the idea that they're being recorded ever it's kind of an astonishing double standard in my opinion and it's it's very concerning to me because i know we've talked about it a lot about how you know there's such a there's such limited consequences for umps ever but I feel like this just gives that a whole nother layer where, no, not only are there no consequences, but even when they're recorded mm-hmm. doing things that are clearly not okay, we're never going to hear about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so one of the things um, that I have come across in, in doing, obviously, research on on ejections. Uh, so there was a study done that I believe was published in 2011 or so um, that looked at the if the ethnicity of the umpire and the eth- ethnicity of the pitcher were the same. and I will tell you, there are more umpires named Mike and Tom than there are Latino umpires. So FYI. Isn't
1: there like um,
2: two? It, yeah, it's 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 like six versus seven. Like, Mike and Tom is seven, Latino is six. Um, and so, but when those match, and when they match, because pitchers are disproportionately white, and umpires are incredibly disproportionately white compared to, like, Earth, or, or even, like, America's Earth. When they match, the umpire is more likely to call things in favor of the pitcher. And what solves this as a problem, this effect seems to go away when there are larger crowd sizes and monitoring systems. Oh, really? So when there's any kind of monitor on this, umpires' behavior, whether it's implicit or, or, or sort of explicitly motivated in their own mind, seems to go towards less racist behavior. And yet yeah, they refuse and want to buck off any kind of monitoring system at every and, term. And
1: MLB allows them to literally build it into their union contracts.
2: Yeah. And so it's a case of I am pro-union, mm-hmm. but when a union says we are allowed to say, for instance, call a player an epithet, and you can't even like record that, and there is no disciplinary measure and there is no means of recourse against that. I was a union member for a long time. I will tell you in in my union there was there were very clear paths on if someone does something to the to you like that even a fellow union member here are the steps you can take like that's not a that's not a union
0: right and I just wanna I feel like I feel like this bears saying because sometimes it feels like people believe the opposite umpires are not a protected class of people yes I think sometimes that they think that they are oh
1: they definitely do oh so, some of them.
0: And I just, I just, I, yeah, I mean, not, not all umpires are created equal, blah, 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 but the union as a whole.
2: When a group of majority white men exercises control over increasingly non-white, non-white population, yeah, it's not a protected class.
1: They think they're, they're, they think they're the kings of the the diamond, basically. Like they think they are the lords that get to, to, because they are, and they do, and they have that power. They're the lords of the field there.
0: No, you're right. And the fact is that that MLB has not done anything to convince them otherwise. And I don't know, I feel a little bit guilty drawing this parallel. But what it makes me think of is, is all of the the police forces complaining about um, cameras, and saying, like, how would you feel if you were monitored at your job all the time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, the players are. And I've worked retail, and I've worked research and like most industries are monitored at their jobs a lot of the time so like hello buddy i don't know what planet you're from
2: well and they've also done studies that have found that the use of body cams reduces both police brutality and excessive force allegations against the police right because not one because they're they're probably less likely to use excessive force and two because it's a case of if you say hey you you beat the crap out of me and they have body cam footage that says otherwise you're less likely to bring that like it's a case of if a monitoring system reduces a rate a racist behavior regardless of the sort of motivation and context of the behavior the outcome is better like that's good yeah and you don't have to dig into the the hows and whys of it like i don't i think i've said this, i don't care what's in an umpire's heart what I do care about is if they're subject to fair monitoring system and, and a clear appeals process. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a case of if a player says something to an umpire and the umpire is like, you know, the umpire can toss them, but the player has no recourse if the umpire wants to call them an epithet.
0: If a player says absolutely nothing to an umpire, Anthony Rendon, and he wants to toss him.
2: I, he I was, mean, honestly. He was Latino in public.
0: Oh, how dare he?
2: Well... I like Wilson Contreras. I don't think the Nats are going to get Wilson Contreras because I feel like the Cubs might be like emotionally and, and financially attached to him. Do we want to talk about other Venezuelan catchers named Wilson who we are f- fond of? Yeah,
1: I'd say we we've, we've kind of had the first half of the episode be angry time. So let's talk about more pleasanty things, including our um, longtime favorite, the Buffalo. Uh, this isn't actually news. Is leading
0: all star votes, I believe. Is he really?
1: I mean, I'm not. I'm not surprised. He's a good. He's a good Buffalo. That nothing new has actually officially happened, except for that the national news media and Ken Rosenthal. I guess we're going to pick on in specific Rosen, pet, pet, lifting. Um, Ken Rosenthal, <laughs> in specific, we're going to pick on a little bit because people have been like saying the Nats should get Wilson Ramos. The Nats should get Wilson Ramos. The Nats should get Wilson Ramos, and like. Two months later, Ken Rosenthal is like, "Well, perhaps the Nats
2: should go after Wilson Ramos." According to a source, who is my bow tie. <laughs> I Just like good uh. Ken
1: Rosenthal, you're really keeping up with the current times. <laughs> I,
2: well, and I think it's because Rizzo was like, "Yeah, we're not even meeting with the Marlins about Real Muto," and we're all like, "Can we have a Real Muto? Can could we, could we have
1: more than we're going to we be? Anybody's willing to pay for him, or else he would have been sold by now. I mean, that's the reality yeah. of Real Muto."
0: which is confusing because why him and not everyone else
1: because he's more valuable in a trade situation because everybody wants a catcher and they want a catcher that's got that's proven like JT Realmuto whereas not as many teams are looking for a Justin Bour, for example. Yeah, and he's younger. Lots of teams are looking for Yeah, lots of teams are looking for a good catcher with with a track record and years on his contract. So they're basically saying, "Oh, well, we can probably flip him for not just a bunch, a handful of prospects, but we can pr- flip him for like your best prospect. Would you like to give us uh, Victor Robles? We'll take Victor Robles for J.T. Romito and the Nats are wisely saying, "No, thank you." Yeah, I mean, but Wilson Ramos, Wilson Ramos is a different situation because he's only we'll be getting him for what, like two months or three months at this point, right? That's very so true. they're not. Yeah, so it, they we can we'll pay a higher price for what we're the amount of time we're getting, but it won't, but it'll be a less expensive in the here and now to get him. And it's not like the Rays need him. Mm. (laughs) I
0: still want Chris Archer. I know that's not news. My one request about getting Wilson back is that I assume, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I assume that if he's traded to the NL, he can no longer start in the all-star game for
1: the AL.
2: I think, I think that's not the case. You know.
0: Really? Because I, I really want him to I have that chance. I mean, ever... he was so freaking psyched about it last time around. It was wonderful. So I just I really want that him again.
2: Yeah? No, I think they would let him do it. I think that yeah, I, I wanna say that this has happened in other circumstances. And I'm trying to pick on a specific example, uh, but it's if you're voted in in the AL, regardless of if you're in the NL, I believe you can still start.
1: I'm trying to think of a single precedent because I can't remember a time when it happened. And it also probably depend on when, you know, if we got him after the All-Star game. Oh, yeah, we could trade for him on the 18th for all I care.
0: So I just want him to get that chance again.
1: I'm trying I can't think of a single listeners if anybody knows of a case where something like this has happened please let us know cuz I am genuinely curious but we're not going to look it up right this minute so um yeah please let it please let us know if there's been a situation I would, my gut says probably not that often because most teams would probably just wait for the the trading deadline right which is well after the all-star game so no no stress but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a decent chance that's happened before in the entire history of MLB well yeah i know history I... of the all-star game <laughs> yeah yeah well and, um, and for what
0: it's worth the trade deadline is two weeks after the all-star yeah. game so that's enough time to make a trade but it's also not like a vast expanse exactly time.
2: so yeah and now that the all-star game doesn't matter like it's not going to determine who gets home field advantage for the world series it's just yeah it's it's we're all going to be a little drunk and playing a game of baseball um and like do stuff like take selfies with the umpire and have uh people mic'd up and like genuinely embrace this as the fun it should be what was it on uh flipping bats and winning games they suggested that they have an old timers game at the all-star as part of all-star game activities and i was I like mean, they yes
0: do. well the mets just had one
1: of those oh um they kind of do though they have the celebrity softball
2: uh Tournament. no but like old-timer base just like only old timers because they always have only old timers. Oh, no.
0: it was the yankees that just had one yeah. i'm sorry because it was like andy pettit and like jason giambi oh you were um, i
1: thought you were um dunking on the mets no <laughs> oh
0: no i so it was the yankees not the mets because i just remember yeah. who it was because i was like johnny damon what because of course i remember him from his red Sox days yeah. but um No, the Yankees just had one, and by all accounts, it was really fun for everybody.
2: Speaking of old-timers, I will say I was with Kay at a game yesterday, and she discovered Bobby Bonilla's contract for the Mets. (laughs) And it was, you know, face journeys. Like, first of all, she called him Bobby Bunny once. That's what I thought she was saying to me! Um, which was excellent, and second of all, just K, your face journey of what, how, who, Mets. Okay, but still, this doesn't. Hmm, um, was just it was like just question marks appearing around well, your okay, head. So for
1: people <laughs> who are like me, who had not heard of this before, he is currently fifty something, and will be receiving what two million dollars or one yep. point something million dollars from the Mets for not playing baseball for the Mets this year. This has been going on since what, the 80s?
2: Something like that. I would like to say, the de- either there was
1: a, a break before the deferred payment, or he's just been getting like a pittance, if you call it $1 million a pittance, for like 30 years. Yeah. Right
2: yeah so it was a buyout agreement uh, from the Mets until 2035
1: so his grandkids are going to to get a check
2: basically for a million dollars 1.2 million dollars essentially on July 1st every year from 2011
0: to 2035 nice work if you can get it
2: yeah um, I I believe Jose Bautista is like wait that's an option (laughs) I too am also (laughs) old (laughs) um there is video of was it ahmed um from the mets rubbing his head and jose batista like putting up with it I until for like eight or or ten seconds before he's just like no 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 this is not Nick ahmed is a
0: diamond back
2: <laughs> oh no i'm probably messed up his name yeah i'm probably confusing uh oh ahmed rosario sorry i called him by his first name yeah, oh, I was okay. thinking... First of... name,
0: not last time. I was going to say, if Nick Ahmed is Ahmed, I, he's from Massachusetts, um, and I may have met his grandmother once, so I keep an eye out for him.
2: I, yeah, I was thinking of Nick Ahmed, but it was Ahmed Rosario. Have people not learned I am terrible at names?
0: Well, to be fair, that's that's not one of those, like, you know, where I used to mix up... Oh, God.
2: Anyway, I got to see Kay, say. So... <laughs> Yeah, I got to see K say, Bobby Bunny?
1: <laughs> okay, in my defense, in my defense, she was shouting it at me from like three seats away. And I swear to God, she said Bobby Bunny like three <laughs> times in a row. And I kept saying, what? I can't be hearing this right. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> fine.
0: So, so, so in the, in the law mets department.
1: And
2: former naps.
0: Um, and also in the former nationals who we love and adore department. Um, at the time of this recording, we are approximately T-minus one hour and five minutes for Jerry Blevins to start for the Mets. Wow. I am extremely excited. He's he's They're playing the Dodgers. Rich Hill is starting for the Dodgers. Oh, crap! <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Depending on how Rich Hill's blister situation goes, it could just be like the bullpens doing baseball
2: yeah I, I have to say like the dodgers have done bullpen games a bunch so they are comfortable with that the uh dodgers beat us
0: in a bullpen game I not know. that long ago because
2: they they know hit us for a while at a bullpen game but yeah, yeah after
0: rich hill left the game in the first for the blister
2: um some, someone described it i believe as the, the hill the mets were gonna die on <laughs> And i was like do you mean the mound rich hill like what do you mean
1: so then this raises a question that I didn't have. I just thought, okay, maybe at one point, because presumably at one point in his career, Jerry Blevins was a starter, and even if that meant like in the college days, and then he got converted to a reliever. So it was like, okay, where well, they're just going to put him in and let him go. But are, is this, are we looking at this as like what we talked about last time, where s- screw having a starting pitcher, will just have 15 arms coming out of the bullpen for the entire game, and that's better
2: baseball? I don't think so.
1: We think it's that he, like he's being put in for a legitimate start then that's what I assumed when you first mentioned this to me. So
0: I'll admit I'm not that on top of my like Mets decisions. I just, (laughs) I mean, I don't, you
2: and the Mets Mets are not not on top (laughs) top of our decisions.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I could single-handedly replace their medical staff and probably do a better job. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not clear on that. I don't know that anyone is clear on that. We can report back if that changes.
1: Yeah. Please anyone with more information, especially once this episode is over, the game will be. Once the episode is up, the game will be over. So, uh, please comment with what we all thought of that. Um, well, just Jerry, don't hurt yourself. I feel I still feel very affectionate to Jerry, and I don't want him to know, like, that's hurt himself thing. trying to throw six innings or something like that. You know,
2: I enjoy how much of a, like Jerry Blevins is. I think really. And I know we overpraise the society dads who are at all involved in their own children's lives and don't describe things as, like, babysitting. But he was just like, oh, my God. Labor. Oh, my God. Like, my wife is the real MVP. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, it seemed to be an experience for him where he was just like, how does this happen all the time and no one's just, like, talking about it? And everyone's like, um... W- women but like it's not, it's sweet of you to have noticed that oh my yeah gosh. your wife probably broke her pelvis in this process like
0: and and can I can I throw in a shout out to Dexter Fowler for his tweet about people asking him what he does in his free time and he posted
2: I thought that was uh that was uh McCutchen
0: was it I thought it was Dexter Fowler No it was Dexter I think it was Dexter Fowler Let me double check now but anyway the the picture in question was searching Amazon for lancino products so basically things for your boobs
1: oh yeah yeah that was that was definitely dexter fowler
2: okay i don't know why maybe mccutcheon retweeted it and that's how i saw it
0: well so again we give dads like too much credit for doing like the minimum but also like anything that normalizes and raises the profile of breastfeeding and dads being useful for breastfeeding is a win in my book (laughs) so thank you for using your platforms for good gentlemen
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah, he definitely uh, referred to it as boob stuff. Yeah. Yes. Which I gotta say, good on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that Blevins is okay. Um, speaking of former Nats and, and I guess, injury concerns. Oh, Michael Morris pinch hit for FP on broadcast, and it was delightful. It was really good. He's he's yeah. working on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we're all united on on that
1: Mm -hmm. although i have to say this is something that strikes me every single time i hear michael morse i always forget what his voice sounds like (laughs) and i expect because he's such he's such a presence like he's he's a big man obviously and he's just such a presence and such a character that i always expect that he's going to have a distinctive voice like the way he himself is a distinctive person and then he comes out with this sort of like Hello, I'm just a regular guy. Kind of, and I'm like this. This is weird, and I have to remember that it's Michael Morse coming out. You know,
0: is this like the day that I discovered Barry Zito was white? Is this like that for you?
1: No, no, because it's not like a. Whoa, it's like, oh right, right. He talks like nothing, like he looks like or acts like. He just has this sort of like middle of the middle of the road. Um,
2: voice. Yeah, and it took me a minute when I turned on the the broadcast to realize he was talking. Because it was obviously Bob Carpenter. And then um, I was like, oh, somebody's subbing in for FP. I wonder who it is. No one's mentioned a dog, so it's clearly not FP. Um, (laughs) Or dunked on themselves about their own divorces. So again, clearly not FP. Um, And then I was like, oh, it's Michael Morris. Oh, he's doing a pretty good job. This is a lot better. than like, this was just, if that is his trajectory in terms of improvement between broadcasts, he's going to be a good broadcaster.
1: Totally agree. I think i th- I also think that was a more natural role for him than doing like post or pregame analysis mm-hmm. doing it when you're when it's happening and like being a like not that far removed from your playing days yourself. It's more natural to think of it that way off the cuff as opposed to like I'm going to sit down and compose an essay in my head about why they are doing these things in like a in an analysis way you know like in a, a post analysis yeah
0: color commentary can by. By default, be a little more stream of consciousnessy, yeah, which is a little less stilted if you're new.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say FP is certainly is certainly a uh, an example of that.
0: Yeah, so 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 I was watching a game the other night with a couple people who'd never watched a game with me before, um, and I still do this thing where I say what FP is about to say about five seconds before he says it. <laughs> um which i know for those of you out there who don't like fp whatever like hate me if you want to you're listening to this podcast so clearly you like some of the things i have to say but um i'm still entertained by the fact that, that happens that's part of why i have the fp t-shirt the point being that 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 color commentary is essentially an open book within reason for anyone who has some opinions and can have them relatively quickly but that doesn't diminish that Michael Morrison. did. He a good
2: did do job. a good job. And yeah. I think it w- you're right. It was a natural role for him in talking about, "Oh, I have faced this pitcher and this is what it's like." And and again, what I really like in FP's commentary, and I know people don't like FP whatever, is like this is how I am thinking about this as a player. Like externalizes that process really oh, yeah. well.
0: And it I, I- Yeah, I mean, I was like trying to take softball grounders for the literal first time in my life last weekend, and I'm listening to FP in my head going, okay, like, you gotta back up on it, and like, you know, don't try and get it right before the hop, because then it'll get past you, and definitely Michael Morse was doing some of that, not in exactly the same way that FP does, but in ways that I find really interesting as someone who really enjoys watching the game, but has had a very limited amount of playing time in my life, um, I think it's really cool to kind of get into the heads of the guys that are playing, and, and what are the strategic decisions that they're making on the fly as they're running around.
2: Yeah, and, and FP's whole um, get get it on hops at the bottom of the arches and not the top.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Did have you guys heard him? He's like, yeah, hops are like McDonald's arches. You got to grab them at the at the bottom of the arch. And I was like, I guess that's a good way to visualize that. And like, it's not rocket surgery, but at the same time, it's but it's not rocket surgery. But at the same time, you're like. Because they're doing these things so much, so quickly, and so often, it becomes sort of their mental. Just it becomes mental. Um, like it's automatic, and so to to hear it externalized, broken down, and analyzed is a really valuable part of commentary for me, and like, and I think for all of us.
1: And I and I think Michael Morris is definitely um headed in that direction. I mean, yeah, he's is is a little not rusty. He's a little new, you know, he yeah. hasn't been broken in yet,
2: like a, but. Lara has volunteered his tribute. <laughs> I,
1: I didn't
2: say it. <laughs> you <laughs> thought it real loud, but... <laughs> girl. <laughs> I'm
1: glad we know what my brand is but here. I mean, yeah. I'd say it's clear he's going to get there. I'd say it's clear he's going to get there,
2: so. He called his daughter his World Series trophy. <laughs> and I was Aww. like, on the one hand, oh, on the other hand, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If we sound positive, it's because I think we're we're not going to, much like a lot of Nats Twitter and a lot of Mets Twitter, rend our garments, smear our face with ashes, and scream about about the town boundaries, about how terrible the team is doing right now. Like I'm not I'm not going to do that. I don't look good in ashes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a lot of positive stuff that's going on, and even if there weren't some of this positive stuff that's going on, I don't think any of it um, requires the the rending of garments that has been going on in a lot of, not just Nat's Twitter, but like Nat's fandom in general. Like there's a lot of people who are really, really, really overreacting to some overcomable obstacles. Yes. we Did we lose embarrassingly to the Phillies on Friday night? Yes, we did.
2: Does that sometimes happen? Did we
1: lose embarrassingly to the Phillies on for Saturday?
2: No, we didn't. We lost to the Phillies, but it wasn't embarrassing. Yeah, It wasn't ideal, but
0: I I agree that it wasn't embarrassing.
2: I mean, we were at the game. It was one bad inning from Herrera. And honestly, like, we had the same, almost the same number of hits. We had almost the same number of left on base, like, until he gave up two runs in an inning. Like, it, it was a really close game where, yes, did Trey Turner kind of trip over Wilmer Defoe? Yes, that did happen. <laughs> I was tickled by
0: it that. Was, I'm not going to lie. I was watching on TV and I was like, "Oh, oh, all right, we're doing tumbling now."
2: I scored the game, and I literally have a little star in the scoring box of that that just says a oh, mess. Yeah, it, um, it was. Uh, I was a
1: little irritated at that, but that's a, but like it, it's one thing to be annoyed, and it's another thing to say like, "Let's throw the entire team, team and season in the dumpster and start over again," which has been the tone of a lot of of the fandom and like i've had people in
0: my mentions talking about how we should be trading bryce and i'm not gonna call anybody out by name here because it was people that i like so we're just gonna agree to disagree on that
1: but but like (laughs) oh my god this is the this is the type of thing it's like let's just let's just scrap it like like screw it nothing nothing is savable nothing is salvageable Everything is over. Love is over. Put the put the team in the trash can. Love is over. We're not the freaking like, we're not
2: Come on. Yeah, and I, I'm just like these are solvable problems. We should get a better. We get better. Get a better catcher. We should probably get another arm, couple of arms. You know, this is a case of Trey or not Trey. Tony and Murphy are and, and Eaton are all effectively, and Tony less so than than Murphy and Eaton, coming into hitting like they're in April. It's just June, because they were injured. And so, they're going to warm up. Actually, you know I'm even going to say it? Eaton's hitting above 300! Shut up, everybody!
1: (laughs) Well, mainly that's from before the injury. Yeah, Yeah, and and the Bryce panic... Sorry, that's mainly from before the injury. But yeah, Bryce, like, there are problems.
0: The Bryce panic, he's gotten on base the last three games. He's not apocalyptically bad right now. He's slumping. It hurts me. It's gonna be okay.
1: Yeah, There are problems that could be fixed, but the fix is not, well, F you, Bryce, get out the door. What could be fixed is he sit down for a couple of games until he works out whatever is going on in his brain.
0: Well, and we can argue until the cows come home about what to do about that, because God yeah. knows everybody has an opinion. Right. But at the end of the day, none of us are actually going to be able to do anything about it. Although I'd, I'd really like to give a shout out um, to the Octopuses Gallery on Twitter, who is a friend of mine who has been sending him pictures of a duck named Bryce
2: Quacker. <laughs> that is the only if, remedy. Anything, If
0: anything, <laughs> Just like, here's if if anything is going to help... In this slump from fans, it's gonna be ducks.
1: Now I wish I had the duck noises. <laughs> <laughs> ducks with lasers. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bryce has problems that we all should discuss. But it's not—it's not the solution to those. Is not trade him and and burn the team down behind him. Like,
2: well, and it's also when what is it would be involved in burning the team down? That would be trading or getting rid of Eaton. Uh Soto? No. Stop. Um uh Trey Tony. I don't like uh, you know, Scherzer. Scherzer? No.
0: Rosberg? Yeah. Stop. 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 I'm freaking out in hives over here, Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. And, and honestly, if it were a case of Ramos is back and then Severino is the backup, <clears throat> beautiful. Okay. Sevi was hitting well and then he wasn't. He is slumping, but he is also a mm-hmm. very good catcher. Oh,
1: platoon. Platoon,
2: platoon, platoon. Platoon them, or you know, Kiboom is not working out. It, it seems Reed is going to be off the, the his suspension if he's not already. You know, this is a case of when we when people get injured, we think that they are gone forever. Like we're treating them like they are gone. Yeah, we have a really we had a really good catcher in our system. He's suspended for PED use. He is not. You know, we haven't sent him off on an ice floe. He's gonna be back, guys. What did I say
1: to you last night? Strasbourg isn't dead. Like yeah. people are acting like he died.
2: Oh my god! He was—he's—he's he's a dragonfly, not a mayfly. You idiot! <laughs> um, oh, you and the
0: shoulder inflammation apparently has has calmed down. Yeah. So now they're re- reevaluating him, and it's like, okay, fine. And like, honestly, Fetty's doing pretty well. His the fact that his one loss record doesn't reflect it is because that's a stupid stat, yeah. not because he's not doing a good job. I have been very impressed with what we've been seeing from him.
2: Yeah, he was good yesterday.
1: He I would say he was struggling, but keeping it under control. Like he wasn't. Yeah, frozen. like a veteran
0: struggling. Yeah, exactly. Not like I'm a rookie who's gonna implode the minute somebody scores off of As me. As we've seen which from- I mean we used to we we used to talk about how Joe Ross handled it yeah. like that, and yeah. I think it's a fair comparison in this case because yeah, he's sometimes you allow runs. If yeah, this is baseball.
2: Also, Joe Ross is going to be back at some point. Joe Ross. Joe Ross back. is going to be back at some point. He's again not on an ice yes, flow.
1: Also not dead. <laughs> he's come back. Um, but yeah, like. <laughs> These are all solvable problems and it it sucks. It feels like it sucks. I understand the reason to like I get why it feels like we should all just start panicking and like jumping out windows and like screaming and tearing our hair out and whatever, but like because all of these problems are happening at the same time and it starts feeling very overwhelming and it's hard to see the forest for the trees. But the forest is still here, guys. We don't need to set it on fire.
0: And I just want to remind the rest of the world, which I think I've done once already this season. You guys asked for a competitive division.
1: Yes, we did. Nats
0: fans were going, not you two personally. I mean, oh, we yes, you two personally. But like, as a whole, Nats fans were going around saying, oh, gee, wouldn't it be nice if our division were in such a dumpster fire this year? Well, look what you got. The Barbs are doing well.
2: The Phillies are doing well.
0: The Phillies are also doing well. I don't know if that's what you wanted like if that's what y'all had in mind, but i personally, I would have rather have the Marlins doing well, but that's just me. But I mean, this is what happens when other teams in your division are not abjectly terrible.
2: Yeah. You have to fight. And the fighting is the interesting part. Like the NL West, we watched last year where you're like any, any of like three teams, like three teams in the NL West made the playoffs. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah,
2: that was nuts. That was nuts, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, and but no one, no one doesn't say if you win the NLS, you didn't earn right. it.
1: Whereas they say that about us for the past five years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, look, you can't, you can't have both of these things. The Nats have a few problems that do need some tweaking, but the idea of burn it down because we're, we're three and seven of our last ten is silly. It's just silly.
0: Right. And, and and honestly, like the one dumpster fire thing that we could have done on Friday, which I'm honestly really bummed didn't happen, was Jorge Castillo reported that Davey considered having Keyboom pitch the ninth and putting Mikey on second. I'm good with it. Just like for the sheer unadulterated hell of it. And I'm mad we didn't get um, it. Uh-uh.
2: Did you want to talk about Mikey as a, as a shortstop? I, okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Yes. First of all, I love the idea of kaboom pitching. I also think Michael A. Taylor would probably make a pretty good uh, backup position player pitcher in, in an emergency situation. Wait, does he have an arm? No, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't throw baseballs at almost 100 miles an hour from the outfield to home plate.
0: Can we talk about how every freaking thing in the outfield isn't going to Eaton right now? The only outfielder who probably could not effectively get the throw in for that play at the plate? Ugh. Like, I love Eaton, don't get me wrong. He's not making those throws! Sorry, carry on with
1: Taylor. Um, but like, I, I saw, you know, I, I didn't hear the thing about putting Mikey at second, but I did see that Mar- uh, Martinez was thinking about putting him in at shortstop because he used to be one. And I was like, he used to be one for a reason. There's a reason he is no longer a shortstop. And that's by because by his own admission, he was real bad at it. <laughs> he said, I was a terrible shortstop. I'm a pretty good center fielder, which, yeah. I think so. Pretty good at that. Also, like, are we like Trey's fine? Don't start like bringing down worry about Trey's emergency situation, please. Yeah,
0: they could just flip them for for the sake of getting Trey back in center. Because what? why not? But
1: why? But
0: why? I don't know. I would enjoy it.
1: No, uh, <laughs> I would enjoy watching Michael A. Taylor play shortstop in a intra-team game. Shirts versus skins, and and everybody has to play a different position, then it would be fine for me if, like, Michael A. Taylor was playing shortstop. Other than that, please don't.
2: Please don't. Speaking of shirts versus skins, can I just also make a thing that says, if we really feel like we need to make a holistic change to how the team is doing, everyone needs to stop wearing undershirts. Thank you. (laughs) Please and thank you. Cast off cast off! what is constricting you.
1: <laughs> is this going to be our regularly scheduled plea to remove undershirts? Because we definitely made this plea last time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
2: recorded Tony's undershirt status as part of my scoring for the game. With a sad face. Whatever, he had an 11-pitch at-bat that ended in a home run. I love him. <laughs> hey says he didn't point to the outfield and mouth my I name. I said no Accounts such Barry. thing. <laughs> I said no such thing.
1: I just said he had bad aim because he hit it through the <laughs> section
2: yeah um that was yeah that was a case of everyone's like burn the ships i'm like did we not just see no okay we didn't just see that like tony's gonna be like he was always a little slow in april and with the injury it's gonna but i'm like he's gonna be back and he's gonna be and he's heating up it's once it's get he gets hot in the in the hitting sense of things it's gonna be real good guys
1: (laughs) i like that you needed to clarify that one
2: i did i did (laughs) Um, I was, after I dropped K off last night Was was ranting about his f r And I realized that my husband doesn't know what f r is And so I asked him and he said Uh, frigging wins above replacement? <laughs> I was like, pretty much Yeah, pretty yes. close
1: Um, Who wants to share the one other We are talking about this for a very brief period of time But who wants to share the other piece of Tony Rendon knows, knows
2: News Yes
1: Can
0: I, so I can do it biologically Correctly so we got into it a little bit in our in our pre-episode chit-chat because um, somebody said incorrectly that Tony made a baby. Now, technically, Tony helped in making a zygote. His wife has thus far, I believe, made it into a fetus, and it will eventually be a baby, which... Tony contributed slightly <laughs> to the making of.
2: I think that's really underestimating a lot of
0: But this. the take-home message of this of this biological journey is that there's going to be a baby Rendo. And
1: we were discussing yesterday um,
2: about the time- He got married in November.
1: He got married in November? Okay, so then my timing is probably not- Then it wasn't what I was thinking.
2: We were thinking that it was maybe- You were thinking it was a honeymoon baby.
1: I was definitely thinking it was a honeymoon baby. It could Let be a honeymoon day, baby. Night.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know
2: when. She- yeah, um, and the only picture is from the um, what is it? The the Nats. Uh, the Green Foundation Gala. Yeah, the Green Foundation Gala, and she's wearing a black dress. And so it's you know, and and people show in different ways. So it's True. sort of hard to gauge. But um, but yes, there there is going to be a, a small endown soon. <laughs> Yay! Maybe they'll name it Sydney for you. They won't. They shouldn't. Don't do that. But yeah, I was just gonna say, like the pall of negativity that was earlier in the season when really everybody was hurt and really we were below five hundred and really the team was scuffling. I'm just not feeling it. Mm -mm. Like I'm feeling like this is just baseball, guys. Sometimes you win seven and three, and sometimes you go three and seven, and really, if you end up six and six and four, you're going to be the best team in
1: baseball. And as someone who is not typically, you know, an optimist about Oh, anything? <laughs> I'm still not burning the house down. So maybe everybody else who's not as pessimistic as me should take a step back. Like just calm down. It's not that bad.
2: It could always be worse.
1: Are we Are we going to talk about how we were in the
2: kitchen? Laura, do you, <laughs> you want to tell it?
0: Uh sure. So 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 the point of this story is to, to demonstrate, first of all, why you should always put everything, and second of all, why you shouldn't complain when things aren't so bad. So basically, there was this family, and the kids were really loud and obnoxious, and the parents were getting really frustrated. And all the time, they would you know be really obnoxious at the table and throw food at each other, and nobody would be polite. So the parents go to the rabbi, and they say, "Rabbi, help us! Our children are really obnoxious." Basically. And it's always loud in our house and nobody's nice to each other and the rabbi strokes his beard thoughtfully and says well do you have any chickens at your house that was a terrible accent i'm sorry and and the parents say yeah we have we have some chickens why and the rabbi says bring the chickens into the house And they're like, okay, sure, I don't know why, but sure. So they bring the chickens into the house, and the next morning at breakfast, it's even worse, and the kids are all yelling at each other, and the chickens are clucking and pooping everywhere, and it's terrible. So they go back to the rabbi, and they say, rabbi, it's even worse now. The chickens are clucking, and everybody's mean to each other, and they're kicking the chickens, and everything's terrible. And the rabbi says, do you have any? Whatever. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm God, living here. My mother would be horrified. And, and so the rabbi says, Do you have any cows at your house? And they say, Well, yeah, we have a cow. Bring the cow into the house. So they bring the cow into the house. And of course, the next morning it's even worse. And now there's cow poop. And the cow is mooing. And the cow's too big for the kitchen. And it's horrible. So this goes on for several weeks of the parents getting more and more frustrated, the kids getting louder, the animals getting louder. Nobody can eat breakfast in peace, or any meal for that matter. And eventually they have the cows and the chickens and the horses and the dogs and the cats and whatever other animals you can think of. And it's horrible, everything's horrible. And every day they go to the rabbi and they say, rabbi, how could anything be worse? And the rabbi says, do you have any squirrels? And they say, yes, and he says, squirrels into the house. And the next day they go back and they say, how could anything be worse? And finally, after like a month of this and every animal that you can conceivably think of from the Eastern seaboard is in their kitchen and it's horrible and they go to the rabbi And they say, Rabbi, we have chickens, we have cows, we have horses, we have squirrels, we have skunks, we have opossums, (laughs) this is horrible, everybody's mean to each other, everything smells, our house is going to be condemned at this point. How could anything be worse? And the rabbi says, take all the animals and put them back outside. And they're like, okay, sure. So they go home. And they put all the chickens outside and they put all the skunks outside carefully and they put the horses outside and the cows outside. And the next morning everybody comes down to breakfast and it's so quiet and the kids are polite and nobody throws anything and most of the manure is gone and everybody's calm and it's fine. And so the moral of the story is don't ask rabbis for advice unless you're willing to get a lot of animals in your kitchen and also remember that it could always be worse.
2: And Jerry Blevins is the horse in the Mets kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, if you're going to wail and gnash your teeth, it, it can always be worse. Like, there's always worse management decisions. There's always Jerry Blevins starting. There's always the Marlins, you know. There's always just trash organizations acting in stupid ways. Um and and that is not to say that their their players are that way. It's generally, you know, ownership and management <laughs> acts in in ways that are just actively detrimental to the game of baseball and and self-interested. And we've talked about, you know, we're not the learners number one fans and I we're not Rizzo's number one fans, but like we're complaining cuz there's a dog in the kitchen and not a horse. <laughs>
1: And I think, that, <laughs> I think that might be a good way to end, a, a good note to end on for this. Um, it could always be a horse <laughs> in your kitchen. <laughs> it could always be a horse in your kitchen. So until that point, let's just kind of take a breath and let
2: it go, because there's always a game tomorrow.
0: And nobody go ask the rabbi what to do, because no good can come of that.
2: Though, if there's a rabbi, if the rabbi is going to tell the learners anything, it's get JT Realmeut out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we aren't, we I don't do know what synagogue the learners go yeah.
2: to. I
1: could try to arrange Yeah, if
2: them. the rabbi's like, I don't have any feelings about horses in your kitchen, but JT Real mute <laughs>
1: We cannot afford JT Real Muto. Focus I know. Get Wilson Ramos. Get a
2: buffalo in your kitchen. <laughs> get a bu- Yes, we we don't
1: have a horse, but we would like a buffalo in our kitchen. Yeah. Please.
2: Buffalo Stop. in the kitchen.
1: Yeah. Laura, <laughs> do you want to give us our, our queer fancy stats update?
0: I really do. Um sorry, I'm I'm dying a little bit over here. So, um as of Saturday night's game where Um, Murphy had a couple of RBIs, and it was all very nice for him. Um, The June total thus far, and we're recording this um, before the game on the 24th, um, is $39.58. And one other quick uh, Queer Fancy Stats news item, Um, Jen is organizing a team for the All-Star Week color run. Um, So if anybody is interested in running a 5K on team Queer Fancy Stats, you can get in touch on twitter if that's something that you're interested in doing
1: i'm guessing none of us want to run anywhere
0: i'm not gonna be there i would yeah. consider like jogging slash walking 5k with jen while somebody threw paint at me but i'm not in town
2: yeah i'm I'm not gonna be in town for for that part but i will be for for the weekend um not that i i, I mean geo and i could could fast yeah, walk i was together. gonna say said so you're not gonna
1: run even if you were here for like you wouldn't run
2: I would link arms with Gio Gonzalez and and, and we could have a nice constitutional.
0: (laughs) I think if Max were egging me on, I could maybe jog most of a 5k.
2: I think Max, honestly, in person would scare the crap out of me enough that I would run. (laughs) (laughs) it's <laughs> like oh you growl oh oh i'm just yeah yeah
1: let's. oh please mic him up at the i think if he game. tried to pull that on me in person i would get very angry and probably be like Fuck you max i'm not talking to you, you yeah. are no longer what? my pitcher anymore wrong <laughs> reaction i don't think he would scare me into running i would just be like screw you and then leave and i don't want to ever have to say screw you to max scherzer and okay well he can
0: just tell me to run because i'd probably listen
2: yeah. I, I Can we also mention Expanded Roster real fast? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Expanded Roster, if, I know we talked about it last time, is a site that Kelly Wallace and Amanda Smith are starting. They have brought on a, a whole host of talent, really, to get it started. Um, a lot of exciting coverage mm-hmm. planned. So I know that, um, was it Stacey May Fowles? Is um, going to be doing an advice column for them. Uh, Brittany De La Creta is going to write for them. Um, I'm, I may have a thing for them that I am planning, FYI. But they are—they have a Kickstarter. They're at seventy-two hundred dollars of ten thousand with nine days to go. So, so please. And it's all or nothing funding. So, um, yeah. if you have a few extra dollars to kick their way. I know that they would greatly appreciate it. They have a lot of rewards, you know, like stickers and various things. And then they will also, above certain uh, donation amounts, also, like, compose you limericks and say something nice about your team and be really nice to you on Twitter and and very funny. Uh, But I would really like to see this project uh, go forward. Um, I know that Kelly is going to Mexico soon to actually cover the All-Star game there um which is really exciting as well um so they're yeah. really looking at mm-hmm. coverage kind of beyond mainstream normal baseball coverage so when i kind of ranted about like we have to make our own spaces this is a case this of, is what you're talking uh, yeah about. of of make your own spaces but they they have really i think gone about this in in very much the right way in the in the sort of spirit of inclusivity in the spirit of Having a just a, already a stable of people whose writing I already read and whose takes I am interested in, that are covering baseball in ways I could not get otherwise, and so you know, comparing that to specifically uh, somebody, uh, actually a hockey stats person did a uh, analysis of the Athletics demographics, uh, in terms of their writing writing staff, and it's real white and real male. I can get that for free. I can get that when I don't want it. Yeah. So yeah. I do get that when I don't want exactly. it. Exactly. And so, you know. And
0: can I throw a, a, a mini correction on myself in here, which I know I put on Twitter. Um, on our last episode, when we were talking about expanded roster, I made a comment about how it's two white women, and I was actually wrong about that. Um, I made an assumption for which I apologize. Um, Kelly does have Mexican heritage and, and talks about it quite extensively um, when relevant, and so I apologize for that. Um, but that also, I mean, the fact that she's covering the All Star Game in Mexico um, is is particularly um, excellent in that context.
2: Yeah, and she in particular does a very excellent job of calling out anti Latino uh, racism in baseball mm-hmm. in, in a very mm-hmm. clear, consistent way. A lot of it centered around Wilson Contreras um, and sort of the the hostility towards his freaking Venezuela sleeve. Um, but just sort of doing an excellent job. So this is a case of if you have some money and are willing to kick it their way, please do so. I think it's going to be a really exciting project, and I really want to see it. I really want to see it take off um, because I think it's going to be just stuff that you cannot get elsewhere in as good quality. And so yeah, um, if if you have a couple extra bucks. Go go ahead and and do that. Um, but if you don't, please sort of amplify the, their asks. Um, and I do know that they also have, um, I think, some other sources of funding and some some sort of advertiser sponsors on the line. Um, but it would be really cool to to see them do this. And you know, in particular, the money is being used to pay for uh, photographers' work kind of getting right. in in more legitimate ways than a lot of sites do um again on the idea that writers and photographers should and and videographers should be paid for their work um which i think is a, a really good place to mm-hmm. start from so yeah um please 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 and yes i i may be running for them in the future and i'm very excited about it
1: i guess with that all that's left is our own our own social media stuff our website, restingpitchface.com. Uh, links there to subscribe to us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or other subscription readers, RSS feeds, stuff like that. Um, there's a link to our Zazzle store where you can get some of our merch. Um, links to our Twitter, pitchface with no G. That's the, the main way to get in contact with us or talk to us or um, converse with us uh, if, if that's what you're interested in. Uh, and you can always email us uh, at restingpitchface at gmail.com. We're gonna be alright, Nats fans, okay? We're gonna be alright. It's gonna be fine. Foot foot full. Foot foot It's gonna be fine. It's gonna, we're gonna be fine. We're gonna get through this. I'm
2: Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go, Nats.
0: Let's go, Nats.
1: Let's go, Nats. Foot foot full.
2: Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the
0: same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew and we need you to
1: pitch the A. Besides, there's no other
0: team uses chocolate sauce to celebrate.